Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. Here on the Legal Toolkit, my co-host Jared Correa and I provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. This episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today we'll be discussing one of my favorite topics, apps and accessories for lawyers using the iPhone and iPad in practice. So joining me now is Jeff Richardson. Jeff is well known in the legal tech community for his website iPhoneJD.com which he founded in 2008 as a resource for lawyers using iPhones and iPads in practice. iPhone JD has been named the best legal technology blog by the ABA Journal more than once. And when he's not iPhone JDing, he's litigating with the firm of Adams and Reese LLP in New Orleans. And while his work setup is Windows-based, insert frown face here, Where he uses a Dell laptop, he works from an iMac at home. And of course, he's always using the most up-to-date iOS products, currently the iPhone 5S and iPad Air. Thanks for joining me today, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me to the show, Heidi. I'm happy to be here. So let's start off with apps. I suspect that Jeff is an app junkie like myself, uh, but even so, we both have our favorites. Now, there are apps for the iPhone, the iPad, and then many universal apps that work with both the iPhone and iPad. So let's talk first about your favorite iPhone-specific apps, Jeff. And I know you probably have a long, long list, but can you narrow it down to a few for our listeners? Sure. Picking a favorite app is almost like picking a favorite child. Right? <laughs> I love them all, and I've got tons of them. But I'll mention some of them that I have been using recently. Uh, first of all, since we're on a podcast right now, one of the uh, latest uh, apps to come out, um, there's lots of great podcast apps out for the iPhone. But a new one that just came out is called Overcast uh, by Marco Armand. It's a really fabulous app. It uh, it does everything you would expect, allowing you to you know listen and organize your podcasts and put them in lists. It also has a neat feature that allows you to speed up a podcast, not only the traditional way, just by playing it you know, at 1.2 speed or something like that, but also by removing the pauses between words in a way that you as the listener don't notice. You think that the person is just speaking quickly the way that I tend to do. Um, but it makes it, uh, you can get through a podcast quicker so you can listen to even more podcasts. The app itself is free, although if you pay uh, to get all the features, you need to pay, I think, five bucks for an, an, uh, a one-time in-app purchase, but it's a, it's a fantastic uh, app for listening to podcasts. I love it. Um, another one that I reviewed recently on iPhone JD is called Ida, I-T-A, and it's a list maker app. It just lets you, you know, come up with lists of items and you can move things up and down the lists and you can delete them from the list and add new things to the list. What I like about Ida is that it is incredibly clean 
and simple. doesn't have a lot of doodads and extra buttons and stuff like that. And it works well for someone like me who, for many years, would just keep track of things that I need to do in my cases just by writing them down on a, on a legal pad and scratching through them when they're done. So th- this is not an app that has sophisticated uh, you know, ma- task management uh, techniques such as you know sending you reminders and you know moving things automatically and stuff. It's just a way to a simple place to keep lists. So for example, I have a list of all the file numbers and the the top ten cases I work on the most because you never know when you're standing next to a copy machine and you need to enter a file number. So I just have that there, and and I also keep track of the things I need to do uh, in my cases. And it's it's simple, it's clean, and uh, and I really like it. So that's what I've been using for about the last year now. One other one that I'll mention is we were just talking about you know that there's so many apps on your iPhone. I've got tons of them, uh, far more than than I really ever use, to the point that although I organize the apps on my first two screens of my iPhone, everything past that, they're just there. And so if I need to find an app that I haven't used in a while, I will usually just uh, swipe down from the top of the screen and search for the app. But the, the, some of the other ones I uh, launch using an app called Launch Center Pro, which I keep at the bottom right of my home screen. And Launch Center Pro does two things. First of all, it's an app launcher. So you tap the button to launch Launch Center Pro, and from there you can have all these little shortcuts and you can hold down and, and pop-up menus come up. It's a very quick way to jump to any other app. So it sort of allows you to have you know a whole bunch of apps in the place on your screen where one is, is occupied. But it also can perform some um, simple automated tasks. So for example, one that I do a lot is I may take a picture with my iPhone, and then 15 minutes later, I want to send that picture to you know a colleague or, or my wife or whatever. And so instead of having to go into the photo, select the app, you know all the other steps, uh, just by pressing one button in the Launch Center Pro app, it copies the last picture that you took to your clipboard and then launches you automatically into the Messages app. So um, I have a button, for example, to for my wife. I can just press one button and it launches uh, the Messages app, a conversation with my wife, most recent picture on the clipboard, all I have to do is press paste, and bingo, I've pasted the picture into the message. So it has some little shortcuts like that that allow you to be a little bit more of a power user with the iPhone, and uh, and I like it for that reason. So th- those are three I'll mention to start off with. Well, I've never actually gotten into Launch Center Pro, but I can really see its utility when you start collecting lots of apps. So that's one I'm going to put on my list. I have a feeling by the time we get to the end of this podcast, I'm going to have a lot more of these on my list. Um, So I'm going to add one app that I like uh, to your list, and that's called Headspace. And Headspace is a free mindfulness meditation app that you can do in 10 minutes. Uh, You know, with all the stress that attorneys deal with on a daily basis, stopping to calm your mind for a few minutes can really be a good thing. And this app takes you through uh, a few different steps, walks you through the process. If you're new to meditation, it's great. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. So let's move on now to iPad-specific apps. Uh, Why don't you tell us about a few of your favorites? Sure. Whenever attorneys in my office uh, come in my office and say, Jeff, I just bought an iPad. You know, what app should I get first? Uh, There's a couple of them that I that I say they should you know get right away, and one of them is Goodreader. And and I suspect that a lot of listeners to this podcast already use Goodreader. It's it's easily the best five bucks you can spend on your iPad because it allows you to um, organize uh, in folders and subfolders. Um, PDF files and, and, frankly, any other kind of file you want, videos, Word documents, whatever, but it really works best with PDF files so that you can think, keep things organized. But then what makes it really nice is you can sync using Dropbox and some other services so that I can have a folder 
on my computer with you know all of the pleadings in the Smith case and all the pleadings in the Johnson case, and then they can automatically sync over to my iPad so that I have you know every pleading and every case with me at all time without having to carry around the big you know box that's got all the the paper files in it. And so I use Goodreader all the time. I use it to read documents. I use it to just store documents and find things. It it works really great. Another uh, for Microsoft Word documents specifically, although you can look at them in Goodreader, uh, the the best way to look at them on an iPad is using the new Microsoft Word for iPad app that came out earlier this year, and it's uh, it's it's frankly fantastic. It uh, it allows you to view Word documents. You can annotate Word documents with redline edits, just like you can on the computer. And um, unlike some of the other apps out there that don't have all the features, this one's pretty full featured. It it deals with comments. You can work with footnotes. You know all of that stuff. The uh, the only downside is that uh, you do have to pay money for it, obviously. Microsoft uh, likes to make money, and um, there's all sorts of ways you can use it. Um, most people will use it by subscribing to the Office 365 product, which is about 100 bucks a year. But in addition to the app, you also get to use Microsoft Word on a number of different computers. Um, so if you want to have a copy of Word on your home computer or your wife's computer or anyone that lives in your house, um, you, you get a, a good amount for that 100 bucks a year. So I think it's a it's it's well worth it. And again, I think it's a necessity for attorneys because we deal with Word documents all the time and. You know, you need to be able to be on the road and look at something the client sent you and mark it up and send it back. For another type of document, depositions, uh, my favorite app is an app called Transcript Pad, which uh, is right there on the home screen of my uh, iPad. I use it all the time. When you get a transcript from your court reporter, they send it to you afterwards in ASCII, you know, text format, and I just open it up in the Transcript Pad app, and it asks me what case to associate it with, and I tell it, and it can automatically read from the transcript, um, you know, the date and the name of the deponent and all that sort of stuff. And then when you go through and read transcripts on your iPad, it's got all sorts of great tools. Of course, you can highlight it just like you would highlight a paper transcript, but in addition to just highlighting in yellow, you can code issues as you're reviewing the transcript. So if I read, you know, this question and answer is relevant to comparative fault in a case, and a couple pages later, something is relevant to damages in the case. By the time I finish going through my transcript, I haven't just highlighted the important stuff, I've indicated why it's important. And so when I go back to the deposition six months from now, I can press one button in the app, and it will create a report and say, here's every question and answer that was relevant to comparative fault, every question and answer that was relevant to an affirmative defense, every one relevant to damages, whatever. And uh, and not just on a deposition-by-deposition basis, I can even create a report for an entire case. So I could have dozens of depositions in a case. It's really powerful. And, And what I especially like about it is that it works on the iPad, which for me, if I'm reading a deposition, I don't want to be leaned up in my chair staring at the computer screen. I want to sort of lean back, or I might even be sitting at my couch, uh, you know, at home looking at a deposition, and I can just have my iPad in my hand and, and just leisurely go through it. And uh, you know, I like everything about reading transcripts on an iPad, and to also to add all of the capabilities of Transcript Pad is uh, is just fabulous. Um, one other one, as I'm staring at my main screen of my iPad that I use all the time, is the Good Notes app, which. Um, if you want to take handwritten notes on your iPad, which I will admit is not for everyone, you can't take handwritten notes on an iPad screen as quickly as you can write with pen and paper on, on you know, 
real paper. But uh, but I do like storing and taking notes electronically because, for one thing, you can keep all your notes forever and they don't take up extra space and you don't have to worry about, you know, where did I stick that piece of paper I took notes on 18 months ago? But um, but I also like it just because you can, because it's electronic, you can, you know, move things around and, you know, have different colors and it's just a lot more things you can do when you're taking electronic notes versus paper notes. So um, if I'm, you know, monitoring a hearing or if I'm in an, a meeting with a client or colleagues, I will just about always take notes using the Good Notes app. Um, now, I will tell you, if I'm in court and I'm the one that's arguing and I'm taking notes of what my opponent says, I, I need to be able to write as fast as possible, and I stick with paper and pen for that. But for the things where speed is not, you know, absolutely uh, a priority, um, you know, the Six Buck Good Notes app is uh, well worth it for me. All great suggestions, Jeff. Uh, I'll have to say I'm also a Goodreader user, and uh, I actually use Goodreader oftentimes to move documents from my work server to my iPad before a client meeting because you can sync it uh, to a local server. I like that function. Uh, so let me add two uh, two apps to your list. Uh, one is Docs to Go, and that's for folks who don't want to buy that uh, Office 365 subscription that that you mentioned uh, to use Word. Uh, Docs to Go is $16.99, and it's also a word processing app. Uh, and and once you pay for that version, it'll connect to your cloud accounts. Uh, for example, Dropbox, Box. Google Drive, SugarSync, iCloud, OneDrive, all the the major cloud accounts. And you can use that to edit your documents. So that's actually what I use for drafting on my iPad. You know, what's nice about Docs2Go, Heidi, is just last week, uh, the manufacturer DataViz came out with a free version of it. So you can, if you just want to read a Word document, you can use free Docs2Go on your iPhone or your iPad, and it works great. In fact, I still use Docs2Go on my iPhone. It's my preferred uh, way of reading uh, Word files. Now, you have to pay to get the features you described, like Mm -hmm. working with cloud services. Services, but I mean, there's no excuse for any attorney not to have at least the free right. version. Right. Great. Thanks. Uh, the other app that I wanted to mention is SlideShark, which is a free presentation app. And uh, what you're able to do with this app is upload your PowerPoint to a web browser, and then it syncs with the app on your iPad. And you can then use your iPad to present. And I especially like uh, SlideShark's ability to uh, use the presentation view, which allows you to see your notes while presenting. And you can also pair your SlideShark iPad app via Bluetooth to your iPhone so that you can use your iPhone as a remote. I I think that's a really uh, cool function. Uh, And and also, uh, I I actually wrote a review of SlideShark for the ABA's Law Technology Today blog, so you can learn more about it there. Heidi, do you use the Keynote app as well? Because that's what I use for presentations. Funny you should ask. I have actually never used Keynote. (laughs) It's on my list, I know. Yeah, that, that's the one that I, I use and recommend, and I think it's so much better than PowerPoint, even putting aside the fact, well, I guess PowerPoint now is on the iPad, too, since Microsoft brought many of its apps there, but Apple's Keynote app is, is great. You know, I, I keep hearing that. I, I've got to just do it. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so there's there's many apps now that are made to work universally on an iPhone and iPad, so let's talk about some of those apps. Uh, tell me about some of them that you're, you're interested in these days. You know, one of my favorite universal apps is called uh, Fantastical. It's a calendar program. It costs $5, and being universal, you buy it, pay for it once, and you can use it on your iPhone and your iPad. It is 10 times faster 
to add an appointment to your calendar using Fantastical versus the the built-in uh, app because you can uh, use real words. So you can just go into a field and you can say, you know, meeting with Susan at six o'clock next Tuesday, and it will parse that and it will automatically fill in the fields and, you know, say, I, I understand it's at 6 p.m. and here's the meeting and it knows what next Tuesday is or whatever. So it's very fast for entering events. It's also very fast for viewing events because it's got a great list view that you can scroll up and down and just see all of your upcoming appointments. And there's nothing that's incompatible with using both Fantastical and the existing calendar program. So you you may have your iPad and iPhone sync through Microsoft Exchange with your work environment, and that's how all of your events show up in your built-in calendar, but you can just launch the Fantastical app and see all those same events just in a nicer interface. So that's it's it's really nice. It's, it's, it's both a clean interface and sophisticated. Um, I, I love it. It's great. And I'm going to chime in with just an alternative to Fantastical, uh, Calendars 5, which is what I've been using. And I, I really like that. It, it works in you know, a very similar way with that natural language input, you know, syncs with the iOS calendars, reminders, and, and Google Calendar. I, I don't know if you like uh, one over the other, but, uh, but it seems to me like the functionality is very similar. Yeah, I prefer the user interface on Fantastical mm-hmm. a little bit better, but Calendars mm-hmm. 5 has gotten really good reviews as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the key is to think about the apps that you use the most often, like Calendar and stuff. You know, there are alternatives to the built-in ones that come for free. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you should folks should consider the fact that you don't necessarily have to use the one that Apple gives you. Another app that I like a lot, which is a universal app, is called 1Password. And, you know, this is another example, Heidi, of there's there's lots of password management apps out there. And although 1Password is my pick, others have, you know, others that they like. But the real message is, in this day and age, you need to use, well, first of all, you need to use complicated passwords that are different for every site. If you're still using kittens1234 on all your websites, you know, you're just going to get in trouble in this day and age of websites being hacked and, you know, hackers from other countries saying that they've got millions of passwords and they get your password on one website and suddenly they have the same password that you use on all your websites. And I'll admit, you know, there was a time a long time ago where I used to use the same password everywhere because it was easy to remember, but you're just asking for a a, a ball of hurt if you do that. And especially now that we're using sophisticated apps that have uh, client-sensitive data in it, you know, you got to safeguard the confidentiality of those attorney-client communications. So you need to have different passwords for all of your services and all of your apps. But the problem is, if you have all those different passwords, how do you possibly remember them? And the solution is don't remember them. You put them all in a password management app, like 1Password, and when I put my passwords in, it syncs from my computer to my iPhone to my iPad, and all my passwords are there. When I'm on my computer, if I go to a website, it will, you know, I can press one button and it automatically enters my password for me. So my password can be a very bizarre and long series of letters and numbers, and I don't care because I never have to type it. On the current iPhone and iPad, uh, you have to sort of copy and paste from the app and then go where you want to go. But in the version, the next version of the iPhone and iPad operating system is going to have a lot better 1Password integration uh, to allow apps to just directly let you use 1Password from within the app. So 1Password is fantastic now, and uh, I just can't recommend it enough. 
Oh, that's that's so great to hear. I'm a huge fan of One Password. And by the way, you mentioned kitten. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, the most commonly used password is actually your cat's name. So when I when I give presentations, I always say, you know, how many folks have used their cat's name as a password? You know, most people raise their hand. So you know, don't use that. You know, use your strong passwords, multiple characters, unique between services, and then use a password manager. All right, continue on, Jeff. <laughs> I'll throw out two more out there that are universal that I love. Uh, if you are into Twitter, um, as I hope folks are, uh, Tweetbot is my favorite client for Twitter on both the iPhone and the iPad. And um, if you are interested in the weather, as I also know all folks are, uh, there's 10 million uh, weather apps out there. And I'm sort of a weather happaholic. I've got a, a whole folder of weather apps, and I use them all. But one that I recommend to folks is called Dark Sky. Dark Sky has uh, one trick, but it does it really well. Um, it will tell you with incredible accuracy based upon your specific location whether it's going to rain within the next hour. And I tell you, if you're trying to decide whether to take an umbrella to lunch and the app says it's going to start drizzling at 12.26, don't you know it? (laughs) At 12.25, I look in the sky and a minute later, uh, I can feel those first drops. So uh, it's sort of a a nice one-trick pony, although it's got other features in it too. I use it for that and uh, it's it's worth four bucks for me to, to have that information. All right. I've just downloaded Dark Sky. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to add one alternative to TweetBot, which is Hootsuite. uh, And and that's a free uh, tweet aggregator similar to TweetBot. And with Hootsuite, you can actually schedule tweets, which I like. And, And from what I understand, you can't do that with TweetBot yet. Uh, so, and not, one other uh, one other app I'll mention is an app called Drafts, and and this is somewhat of a note taking app which integrates with a number of other services, but it's not really a traditional note app. So, what you do is you actually use it to first capture information with the expectation that you'll want it to go somewhere, and that's where the integrations come in. So, you could take your note and you could turn it into a tweet. You could save it to Evernote, send it as a message save it to Dropbox, email it, add it as a reminder. And, and there's a number of other uh, geeky functions that you can get into there. But uh, excellent app. And I think that app is ooh, uh, $2.99, I believe. Yeah, it's three um, bucks. So, yeah, so not, not bad. Yeah, I haven't um, used it yet, but I know that a uh, California attorney, David Sparks, um, who mm-hmm. you know is a great source of recommendations for apps, he loves drafts too. Yes, yes, I, I think that's probably where I got the recommendation. Uh-huh. For our listeners, you know, don't don't fear because all of these apps will appear in the show notes on the website. And of course, if you want it, more information about any of these apps, Jeff has written about many, if not all, I would say, <laughs> uh, all of them at iPhoneJD.com. Uh, but we do. You need to take a quick break, so stay tuned because after the break, we'll be talking about iPhone and iPad accessories. So this is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. What more could you ask for? If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're back for the second half of our program with Jeff Richardson, founder and author of iPhoneJD.com. Now that you've got some new apps to add to your list, why not add a few accessories? If you didn't already shell out enough cash for your iPhone and iPad, uh, everyone needs some iPhone and iPad accessories, right? So Jeff, tell us about some of your favorite iPhone accessories. 
you know, one accessory that I use every single day, um, if your desk is like mine, even though you might try to go paperless, you still have paper everywhere. And so I will often put my iPhone down at my desk and the next thing you know, it's buried and where is it? And um, what I love to solve that problem is uh, to have a dock because if you have a dock on your desk, you have a specific place to just place your iPhone and it's always in one location, you know where to reach for it. And because uh, any of the docks that are out there, uh, well, most of them at least, give you a way to uh, plug it into either a USB port or an outlet, uh, as long as your iPhone's sitting there, it's charged. So as soon as you pick up your iPhone to go off to a client meeting or wherever you're going next, your iPhone has uh, hopefully a full charge and you're good to go for as long as you need to go. The one that I like is the one made by Apple, uh, the Apple iPhone dock. I think it costs about $40. Um, and uh, it's simple and it works great. I sit my iPhone in there um, and because of the way it sort of uh, holds the iPhone, not quite straight up, but a little bit leaned back, I can uh, easily see the screen. So if I'm you know, working on another document and some notification appears on my uh, iPhone screen, whether it be a new email or a calendar appointment or a tweet or whatever it is, I can just sort of glance over and, and see that little iPhone screen, almost like a second monitor uh, to look at. So I like the Apple iPhone dock. The downside of the Apple docks is they are form-fitting for the iPhone. So you know, next month, I suspect Apple is going to come out with the 2014 version of the iPhone, which you know is going to be a different size than the previous ones. And so, you know, I'm going to have to buy another dock. But, um, but the, and there are some, you know, I mentioned that because there are some companies that sell universal docks, which um, sort of, you know, have little things on the side to hold a device of pretty much any side. And some folks say that they like those because you can use it year to year. And, and I, I recognize that, but there's, there's something nice and sleek about the Apple <laughs> one that I like. So that, that's actually what, what I was going to mention here as an alternative. Uh, I've been using the high-rise dock by 12 South, uh, which is $34.99. And again, it, you know, it's very similar to the Apple uh, iPhone dock, but it has a little bit more flexibility. You can change this, the settings so that if you're using a case, it'll fit uh, with the case. But it also has a very sleek, you know, minimalist uh, look to it. And, and, and I, I, I like it so far. Yeah, it's got a cool look to it. I like that one too. Mm -hmm. um, another one that I use is, you know, hopefully your iPhone is charged because you had it in your dock. But when you're out and about and using your iPhone extensively, you know, you're going to run through battery. Although the iPhone does a pretty good job of lasting most of the day for me. Um, sometimes I'll be in areas where my cell phone coverage isn't good. And then it uses the battery even more to try to get a connection as much as possible. And come the afternoon, you're, you're short on power. And so the, the solution is to carry some sort of an external battery with you. There are, I think at last count, a gazillion and external batteries available for the iPhone out there. And so one that I'll recommend that I, I use and like um, is made by a company called Power Rocks called the Super Magic Stick. But frankly, there's many other ones that look the same. I've heard this one described as a lipstick size iPhone uh, battery. I think it's actually a little bit bigger than the lipsticks. Uh, I defer to you, Heidi, on how big a lipstick uh, thing is. But the idea is it's small and it's round and it doesn't weigh very much and you can easily toss it in your pocket and you would never notice it in a briefcase or purse. And it, uh, it can carries, you know, enough power to, to recharge an iPhone. I use it in connection with, instead of the USB to lightning cable that came with my iPhone, I have a little 12 centimeter, you know, really short lightning cable so that um, I can put the battery and the iPhone next to each other and just have this tiny little cable connecting them, which also I can, you know, toss my pocket. It doesn't take much space. Uh, you can buy those from companies like Cable Jive, or you can find lots of them on Amazon, and, uh, and those are nice. 
So that's a, a nice accessory. And then as we come to the end of the summer here, another one that I have uh, been using, and, and I probably won't use it again for a couple of months and then use it again next summer, is called the Dry Case. It is a, uh, a sort of a plastic uh, rectangular sleeve that you put your iPhone in, and you use this uh, pump that comes with it to sort of pump the air out. And it puts the iPhone in this uh, airtight uh, little compartment that you can then carry your iPhone with you if you're on vacation at the beach, and you're sitting on the beach, and there's sand everywhere, and you don't want sand to get in your iPhone. But if it's in the dry case, you know, nothing can get to it. It's protected. Uh, but the, the case itself is clear, so you can see your iPhone screen. You can touch the screen. It has a little port for the headphones, so you can plug the headphone in and listen to an audiobook as you're sitting there on the beach watching the waves go by. And uh, because it's clear on both sides, you can actually use the camera on your iPhone too. So a couple weeks ago, my family was at the beach, and my kids were splashing in the waves. And so I got in there with them, and I had my iPhone in the dry case and I was taking pictures of the waves, even going underwater to see them go underwater. You get really cool video when you take pictures of your kids underwater. And uh, I have to admit, the very first time I put my iPhone underwater, I did have to swallow hard <laughs> to make sure I wasn't going to destroy <laughs> this expensive equipment. But the case That's does exactly work. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does work. It works well. well I take and, the um, risk. <laughs> exactly. But even if you're not going to go underwater with it, if you're in any environment where there's lots of sand or dust or debris and you just want to have your iPhone but have it protected, uh, something like like the dry cases is is, uh, is nice. Great, great recommendations. Uh, I'll I'll add one case to the list, which is the Mophie case, and it's an iPhone protective battery case. And and for me, I've actually never been a fan of iPhone cases. I sort of subscribe to the Apple Care method of protection. Me too. Uh, I, then, I don't like the feel of it. I just use yeah, my exactly. With no case. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I've been using this case for a bit and, you know, provides that extra battery life. And they now are making three different versions of it. And I've got the thinnest version, which is the Juice Pack Helium. Love that name. Uh, It charges up to 80%. And then the other two versions are a little bit heftier and they will charge up to 100%. uh, And and the pricing runs uh, starting at uh, $79.99 and then upwards of a hundred for the other models and and it it's working pretty well for me right now. Yeah, Mofi has been making those cases for a long time and mm-hmm. that helium one, gosh, it really is the thinnest one yet. If I was mm-hmm. going to use one, that's the one I would use. All right, so let's move on to iPad accessories. Uh, give me some of your favorites here. Well, I was talking about the dock for the iPhone, and you were too. I, I also have a dock for my iPad, and the one that I use is called the Stable Pro. It costs about $80, and it is really, really sturdy. It's made of rugged aluminum, but it's a very slick design. That The best way I can describe it is if you ever have seen an Apple iMac computer, you know how it has that sort of aluminum bottom, and the uh, little thing comes up, post comes up in the back to hold the screen of the uh, of the monitor. That's what it looks like for this too. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little stand. It looks very cool. It's got just two feet on it that you just set your iPad in. It uh, It's not form-fitted to the iPad, so even if Apple comes out with different sizes of iPads in the future, this one's going to continue to work. What I like about the iPad stand is I have it at my desk, um, and I can sort of set it. My computer screen is sort of located to my right a little bit, and I put this a little bit to the left. And so I can use my iPad, and I can touch the screen. It's very sturdy. The iPad is not going to go anywhere as I'm as I'm touching it and swiping in this uh, stand. And um, and I can use the iPad at the same time I'm using my computer. And so it, it truly is like a second monitor. And so I can have my transcript up on my iPad or the exhibit up on my iPad. I can have my motion for summary judgment that 
that I'm drafting on my computer, and I very easily look, uh, you know, at both of them. Um, I know that some folks like to have a dual monitor set up in their office, two computer monitors. That's a little bit too much, like uh, you know, NASA mission control for me. But the uh, just having the iPad next to my computer monitor is uh, is a, a nice compromise, and, and I like that a lot. When I'm away from the office, however, I have not traveled with a laptop computer. Gosh, two or three years now. It's been a very long time. I just take my iPad and my iPhone, and that's all I need uh, when I'm on the road. But the one thing that I do need in addition to the iPad is if I'm typing a, um, a long email or working on a document, I like to have an external keyboard. And there's sort of two ways you can go with iPad keyboards. You can have the iPad keyboards that are built into a case, which is nice because you can fold it up and, and everything's in one package. What I don't like about those is the length of an iPad is shorter than the length of a regular keyboard. And so those keyboards are a little bit more cramped. Um, it's almost like the netbook computers that were all the way years ago and, and nobody uses anymore. So I find that my fingers are a little cramped on those keyboards. What I instead use is the Apple wireless keyboard, uh, which is like 75 bucks, and it is a full-size keyboard. In fact, it's the same keyboard that Apple includes if you buy an iMac computer. And then I put that Apple wireless keyboard in a case uh, made by a company called InCase called the Origami case. And it uh, it just sort of folds over and covers the keyboard so that you can throw it in your briefcase and you don't have to worry about something like you know, breaking a key off your keyboard. But also the case itself, the, the origami name comes from you unfold it and it turns into a stand. So I'm in the hotel room at night and I just open up my keyboard, I fold back the case into the stand, put my iPad in it, and it's sort of like a little laptop and I can get my work done. So that, you know, that combination is critical for me to get work done on the road. Yeah, I like that Apple wireless keyboard. I actually have an iMac in my office, and I, I started off with a Microsoft keyboard, an ergonomic keyboard, and I actually switched to the Apple wireless keyboard. It's nice. And then I actually use a Zag Folio for my iPad case, which basically turns it into a laptop, so I'm almost using a laptop all the time. It's and you don't that... find that keyboard to be too tight because it's the size of the iPad screen? Well, yeah, I have small hands. Yeah. <laughs> so... And you know, the irony, and I, I don't want to hope this doesn't and come across as sexist, but so many women that happen to have smaller hands, mm. they tell me that they love them. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I have larger right? hands that they're too small for me. <laughs> We're at an advantage here. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that case. It really, you know, it doesn't add very much weight. And, I, you know, as I said, it's always on my iPad. My only gripe with it is that it really doesn't provide for multiple viewing angles. You, you really can only use it in the laptop mode. So I've actually had my eye on these, uh, this company called Crux Case. And they've been working on this variant that provides a case plus a keyboard plus the ability to shift from laptop mode to movie mode and table mode. But I, I will say that I've actually been waiting for these uh, cases to come out for quite a long time, so I'm not sure it's actually going to happen. But, but I'm still excited about them. Yeah. <laughs> so you had one other product on your list, so tell me about that. When you're on the go, you need to carry your iPad in something. The, what, what I use is uh, there's a company called Tombien, B-I-H-N, that is, it's one of these nice companies that makes cases uh, and, and all sorts of things to carry your computer or your luggage or whatever. They make something called the Ristretto bag, R-I-S-T-R-E-T-T-O. And uh, it's just a really nice bag that has a place where you can put the iPad in the back and it's protected by a pad. And in the front, you can toss things like, for example, my, my origami uh, keyboard case with my keyboard. And it's got 
lots of ni- nice little pockets and stuff for all of my cables. And uh, really, that's 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 what I use. It's like a messenger bag. It, look, it looks nice. You can get it in black or whatever color you want. And um, and that's what I frankly that's what I usually use back and forth to my office. It's a lot. Sometimes I, I take briefcases back and forth home, but most of the time that Ristretto bag is small and light and does everything that I want. Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about that bag. I actually use the Tombin Synapse 19, uh, which is a backpack and it's small and it's lightweight. It's 170 bucks. And I use it almost every day and I tote my iPad uh, Air. I've got a water bottle, snacks, wallet, phone, and then extra gadgets. And actually, I can actually fit my MacBook Pro Retina 15 inch in there. Um, and, and I take that on my commute. I take it to meetings uh, and it's got this, well, most all of the Tombin backpacks are known for their organization. They've got all these different pouches and key rings for storing all your gear. Uh, and, and one of the other things I actually really like about these bags is that they're they're made in the U.S., Seattle, Washington. They've got a dedication to the environment and socially conscious workforce practices and whatnot. Um, I've actually written a, a review about my bag in particular, again, at the ABA's Law Technology Today blog. And Heidi, I'm sure people will laugh at you and me, but don't you get excited by all those cool little compartments and stuff? I, I like them. Love them. <laughs> love them. Love them. Yeah, you have to be an organization freak. All right. So finally, uh, we've got some universal accessories for iPad and iPhone. So tell us about two of those. Sure. One that I was going to mention is a product called the Transporter. It is a, uh, a sort of a cone-shaped device that costs a couple hundred dollars that has a hard drive in it. And let me to tell you why. Let me just talk about the use case. Um, it's nice to have a folder on your computer that has all of your documents in it, and it's nice to have that one folder synced so that you can access it on your home computer and your work computer and your iPad and your iPhone. And many folks may think, oh, well, Jeff is describing Dropbox right now. And I am. Dropbox is a great service. But the thing that makes me a little uncomfortable about Dropbox as an attorney is I have no problems putting pleadings on Dropbox or or exhibits that are public or things like that. But my confidential work product and, you know, certainly my attorney client communications about, you know, how we're going to win the case, I don't want that on Dropbox because even though there are so many bajillions of documents on the Dropbox service, I seriously doubt the company could care less about my documents. Uh, You know, that's a company that hasn't signed a confidentiality agreement with me. And I, I just prefer to keep tighter control on my documents, and I'm sure my clients feel the same way. So what the transporter does is it's an external hard drive that you can uh, just put somewhere on your network. You can just you know stick it in the corner of your office, and it uh, stores all the documents on it, and it syncs them automatically to a folder on your computer and automatically to a folder on your home computer, um, and you can access it using the transporter app on your iPhone or iPad. But the key is that you own that transporter. Although you can access your documents over the internet, they are not being stored on the public cloud. And so there's complete privacy there, and I don't have to worry about you know HIPAA requirements and confidentiality. I know that if a document is on my transporter, it is both accessible to me, no matter where I am, from any of my devices, but it's also private. Uh, so that's just the, the perfect compromise. In fact, the company came out with something new called the Transporter Sync, which is only $99, and it looks more like a hockey puck, and you can connect to it any external drive. So just go on Amazon, find a, you know, one terabyte drive for, you know, 60 bucks or whatever and connect it to it and you're done. And it doesn't look quite as pretty as the the full transporter, but it works 100% exactly the same. And um, it really solves the problem for me of how do I get documents to and from my iPad or my iPhone in a secure and confidential way. Works great. 
That's right. It's an excellent solution for attorneys. I agree. Uh, so one more accessory here, and then we are going to wrap things up. So Jeff, go for it. Yeah, I'll mention one last one, which is if you use your iPad or your iPhone as often as I do, uh, you know that you're going to probably get all sorts of streaks on the screen from your fingers. And there's a, a company called Mobile Cloth, which makes these uh, cloths. They're they're uh, you know either small ones that are about the size of an iPhone or a little bit bigger ones the size of an iPad, and they do a fantastic job of cleaning screens. Uh, I have tried so many of these microfiber cloths that you can use because uh, you know you see them everywhere. You see them in you know optical places, and you know any store has them. Uh, the Mobile Cloth ones are the best uh, in my estimation. They also do a, a nice job of cleaning your glasses if you wear glasses like I do or cleaning the lens on your cameras. Um, they're nice little cloths and um, I, I use them and I keep one at work, one at home, one on my briefcase. I got them everywhere. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Well, clearly we could go on talking for days about apps and accessories, but unfortunately my producers are hounding me to wrap up. Uh, so we've reached the end of another episode. If you'd like to learn more about any of these apps and accessories, you should make sure to check out iPhoneJD.com. Uh, thanks to Jeff Richardson, founder and author of iPhone JD and litigator in New Orleans, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Jeff, if our listeners want to find out more about you and iPhone JD, how would they go about doing so? Uh, the website is iPhoneJD.com, or if you're on Twitter, you can follow me at Jeff Richardson, um, or you can also follow at iPhoneJD if you just want automatic updates of whenever I have a new post on the website. And uh, if you go to the website, you'll see lots of other uh, ways to get in touch with me, too. Right. Well, I also wanted to mention a Mass Lomap resource. It's a resource and meeting group for attorneys who use iPhones and iPads in their practice. It's called Lomac Law Office Max, and you can find more information about it at masslomap.org forward slash Lomac. So thanks again, Jeff, for joining me on the Legal Toolkit. Remember that you can check out all of our shows anytime you'd like at legaltalknetwork.com. And thank you to everyone out there for listening to this episode of the Legal Toolkit. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.